Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome back to the Prep to Pro NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Ben Pfeiffer and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Max Carlin. Max, how's it going? I'm doing well, Ben. I'm glad to be back. Uh, it's the, I think the first time we've ever missed a week. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, our, yeah. I'd say, what, like like nine, ten months in? It's pretty good. Uh, our first little hiatus because life gets in the way sometimes and we're both college students. But we're back. This week to talk uh, more, more college basketball, 2021 NCAA draft, uh, some more prospects, as we always do. So without rambling any further, let's just get into it. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect, with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantages of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Um, so, yeah, the, this class seems kind of loaded with this group of guys that I think we kind of talked about with, with Jake Rosen whenever we last recorded of these off-ball scoring types. And, and as we discussed with Jake, it, it's very much not the case that there's like a pure off-ball or pure on-ball player in the NBA outside of very, very few guys, really. Um, so the, like the, this, this group of off-ball scorers is, is interesting, and I think that they're all, uh, to, to varying degrees, you know, skilled in that role. Um, so the first one that I want to talk about was, was James Booknight. Um but I, wa- I don't know if you saw it. I watched the the forty piece against. Creed. I've seen clips, but I haven't seen the whole game yet. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was very him. impressive. Um, he has a real knack for getting himself open off the ball. Um, like not necessarily change of direction so much, or, although he does do that so much as like when he runs off of an off ball screen, it's as if he's chasing someone off an off ball screen on defense. Like he he dips his shoulder and like gets tight to it and really forces his defender to like into the screen. Uh, it's very impressive. Um, now on, on the flip side of that, uh, I do think that like when he's just in an isolation or a pick and roll, like he can very much just get walled off by guys. Uh, so I, I think that, that, you know, he, he is less of the like spark plug scorer that I think people think, and, and something that I think you build him as. And, um, 
PD as well, uh, is that he's kind of this off-ball wing scoring type. Yeah, uh, and he's he's interesting in that role, I think for sure, because he really it does have the skills for it, in that he's a versatile shooter, that he has the skill as an off-ball mover. He's a good cutter. He's a really really interesting finisher because of his vertical explosion. Uh, that he has re- like real contortion ability, just such a smooth finisher. Like his, his like I- I'm sure you saw that one uh, where he 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 gets by the hedge, um, turns the corner and just elevates like 44 inches and lays in yeah, the finger roll. His like rim. vertical explosion when he has like a runway is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Um, so I think that he's he's pretty interesting in the in this off ball square mo- uh, mold. One of my hangups with him definitely is the defense though. Uh, I don't really like it, and I think it's just kind of weird. Like, he's always denying his man off the ball, no matter what. And it's not, and it, it seems to be it, like it, it seems to not be a matchup based thing because, like, he was doing it across, you know, Mitch Ballack as well as, you know, non shooters on Creighton. Um, and this is something that, that I've seen from him in the past as well that he just seems to always be denying off the ball, and it's not something that other UConn guys do. It's really odd. Um, but yeah, I think that by doing that, he really does miss a lot of opportunities, not just to involve himself as a team defender, but like he misses, like, um, he misses, uh, responsibilities. Like he, he is not involving himself where he needs to be involved. Uh, so I I think that he's, he's definitely limited as a, as a team defender. Uh, and I just don't think that he, like, we see him challenged on the ball that often. It seems like they try to keep him off the ball, uh, as much as possible. But he he is interesting in this off ball scorer mold. Uh, I, you know, I think I, I do think that he's going to be someone who's unfairly billed as as you know the the spark plug type, or really as maybe having some sort of some primary equity yeah. exactly that he doesn't necessarily have. Uh, yeah, like an issue with that is is that it's it, it seems like he's pretty single minded in in like his pick and roll passing approach. Uh, really like focused on the role man and and to that like even to the role man is focused on going over the top to the role man um so i I think that he you know on the ball has limitations that really are neutralized when he's working off the ball and he has these skills that lend themselves really well to him being a great off ball scorer yeah i think there's a couple hang-ups with with book knight in this off ball score role um, which is the role that that he's most that his optimal role again? Like I've ta- like I said way back on this podcast, and we keep saying once you you know look look at him from that lens instead of the primary scorer lens, he becomes a lot more appealing as this off ball wing because he really does have like impressive size and, and strength as well to to go along with the scoring package. One like you said, the the playmaking, which he's very much not an on ball playmaker. Um, I have a little bit of hope for his kind of more off ball like unstructured passing i think like in the usc game um against that zone there was quite a few good reads obviously versus zone but i think we saw some some evidence of of, of quick of quick decision making and, and processing speed against um a less structured defense and that's similar to what he's facing as an off ball score when you're playing against a defense that's already been tilted for you by uh, attacking off the catch or a, a screen or something or a pin down or whatever so i think I, I do think there's potential for that to, to keep developing. And then just how good the shot is, which I was like a little skeptical of last year and why I was not really in on book night, um, even coming in this year. I mean, I certainly liked him more than you and I had him as like a fringy fringe first rounder, but not like some people thought he's way, way up to his three point rate, uh, his three point attempt rate this year. He's up to 12 and a half threes per hundred from 5.7 last year and the shot versatility 
um, at least from what I've seen, it seems to have improved. I mean, he looks more comfortable taking uh, deeper ones off the dribble, off of step backs, um, more more like of the sprinting off of movement types instead of uh, little off movement setups, which is great to see. I think that that shot definitely is a big determiner of how good of an off-ball score he is because he really is a fantastic finisher. Like he's he's not the burstiest. His handle isn't exactly dynamic, but his his ability to to contort his body and finish with balance. And while I I'm not a huge fan of his explosion in traffic and necessarily off off of one foot and congested paints. Um, in the open floor, off of two feet, especially, he can absolutely levitate, as as we see in the open floor, as you know, we I've seen in, in clips of the Creighton game and, and many other games, and on backdoor alley oops, and you know, combine that with his closeout attacking and being a legitimately like as well as just a great off ball mover, running off the of screens, like a really smart cutter, uh, picks out his spots really well on backdoors and exploiting uh, defenders who have their backs turned. He's a, he can get into the paint and finish with contortion. His touch is ridiculous. I think he's. Also getting more easy layups this year. He still kind of lives off of tough shots more than I'd like at the rim. He has ridiculous touch to convert, like elbow floaters and and hanging layups that um, really have no business going in. And he has no business taking as as often as he does. I do think he's getting to the rim and getting easier shots there a little bit more anecdotally. um, But I'm not totally sure on that and don't have evidence to back that up. Um, But yeah, I mean, I do really like Booknight. I, I mean, I like him a lot more than I did before, and I'm a lot more open to him as like a higher pick, just because the off-ball scoring package with this seemingly improved shot is is super real. I think, um, and that's kind of you know what, what the NBA is looking for: these guys who can play off of the ball and and add and add like we've talked about before, add value. Uh, without taking up possessions, being scalable with, you know, if if the shot is really there, maybe some on-ball creation um, in very limited spurts. Um, I'm still like TBD on the defense. I think his activity and some of his off-ball awareness is is generally good. I agree with the weird tendencies defending screens and and like some. I think his hips are like a little stiff. He's, his closeouts can be kind of inconsistent, but um, I mean I think he's like pretty strong and like laterally quick. So I'm not like overly worried about his defense, but it's not my favorite in the world either. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, just, just a very good prospect who's showing year over year improvement as a sophomore and seems to be breaking out. So, and yeah, just one of many really effective off ball scorers in this class, like we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, to the point of his vertical leaping, his balance is, is majestic. Like he it's, truly, yeah, he truly looks like he's walking. like levitates is the word for it. Like he, yeah, I mean, he looks like he's walking on air. It's, it's really aesthetically pleasing. Um, he, he, yeah, he's a really interesting player. Uh, and then, uh, just to one one last point on the on the off the dribble game, I do feel that there's there's something a little uh, weird with his off the dribble gather for for pull ups that it's a bit slow, um, and he really needs to be like going to his left to gather properly. Um, otherwise, it is it is a sl- a slow process there, um, and I think that's probably part of why he likes to get the step backs as well. Um, so I, I, that's just something to know. It's something I'm going to monitor a little bit more closely. I've been I've been pulling clips uh, to to try to keep track of of, of his gather because uh, it, it does seem a little slow to me. But uh, yeah, I, I I think that he's we're uh, we're, we're going to talk about some guys that I think are are we regard more highly uh, in the off ball scorer mold. But uh, but you know, Book Knight is is a good one in this class. Um, so so next, uh, you want to talk about DJ Stewart? Yeah, let's talk about DJ Stewart. Um, so it, it was pretty funny in the in the Illinois game. 
uh, the difference between Stewart when he was playing on the ball versus off the ball was uh, stark. Yeah. 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 It was yeah. just like, you know, strings of possessions where he's on the ball and it's just getting stripped, throwing the ball to the other team. Like, really, really just bad, you know, bad accuracy, bad decisions, bad everything. And then off the ball, it's like, yeah, he's setting up a screen nicely. He's he's willing. He's a guy who's willing to spot up from very deep and just launch, which is great. Um, some nice cuts. Uh, yeah, he was he was really really interesting as an off ball scorer in that game. Another guy who like has defensive issues. His feet seem like very large and slow. He did have one though awesome awesome rotation at the rim in that game. Um, but yeah, he's he like the the difference between him on the ball and off the ball was was really stark um the the one thing that i'll say like in favor of his on-ball game is that he's always had you know a really really strong floater that he does have some space creation moments so maybe there's some hope for him there as a scorer but right, right now it's it's not pretty and the off-ball game is, is quite dynamic on the other hand yeah he's a really really good off-ball player i'm a little disappointed um about the off-ball uh, about the on-ball game i thought it would be a little better than it is because I, I I think he improved a decent bit there from EYBL to his senior season to where he was more comfortable making plays in the pick and roll and, and you know the game looked a little bit slower his handle looked a little better the finishing was always a problem on the ball and the, the shot creation at the rim when he wasn't able to get to his floater that was always an issue um, but he's just looked totally out of place on the ball even like when he's like attacking a closeout in traffic like he's he so often will like lose the ball or run into the defense instead of you know pulling it out or, or making a smarter decision, which is again really disappointing. As someone I regarded pretty highly uh, as an off-ball scorer, always, um, and as a shooter, he's an awesome shooter. His touch is ridiculous. I don't really have any qualms with him as a shooter. He's got range. He's comfortable pulling off the dribble. He he always has been a, a super versatile shooter. Going back to EYBL and high school, I don't really have any qualms with his jumper. I think it's great. Um, and then I think. Um, yeah, the, the touch with the floater is always going to be there. Just really lacking in burst and strength on the ball um, to, to get to get by anybody. The strength I, really shows up because, like, he tries yeah. to put guys in jail and they just like aren't stuck on yeah. his hip. Like they, he they does just... things like things like jail or, or or snaking, and he does this like like he, he'll try to like dip his shoulder, like moves that he he was able to execute in high school. And in UIBL, because even like he, he's always been a frail guy, but he he had added some strength there, and he, and he was able to get through defenders at lower levels. And at Duke, those, those those tricks are just not working anymore because he's just way too weak, um, despite having the touch and some like you know a solid enough handle and being an awesome shooter. Um, but yeah, I, I do think I mean be, being a six foot two off ball shooter score like if he's really not that good of a passer, it's kind of dire, especially when like you said the, the defense. I mean. I, I just straight up think it's been bad, like, throughout. I mean, he, he kind of, like, plays defense at 1,000 miles an hour all the time. Like, like he's always sprinting, always moving, like, which I think, like, can kind of give you some, like, aesthetic bias for his defense because, like, like, it looks like he's trying really hard. And he'll have some really impressive, like you said, some really impressive rim rotations. But, like, he'll dig down at the nail for a steal, like, out of nowhere. And, like, he'll, like he'll help the helper. He'll make some really impressive plays. But, like... I think it's really easy to get caught up in like like he looks like someone who should be good at defense, um, but then like you know two plays in a row he'll ball watching it back cut and he'll just be again like he's six like he's six two and weak and and can't really jump so that you know is is a problem on its own 
Um, so I think like aesthetically and like effort wise, like he looks good on defense, but I just don't really have any hope for him there. Uh, like you said, I don't think he's like the worst laterally in a straight line, but when he has to change directions and move around, it's, it's not the best, but yeah, I mean, I, as like a steward optimist coming into the, uh, like a major steward optimist coming into the season on like large, like largely disappointing as an on-ball scorer um, is kind of maybe sour, but like still like these like smaller off-ball shooting scoring guards have a place in the modern NBA as, as we're seeing. We saw like so many of these these prospects in last year's class. Um, so I do think there's still a place for Stewart, though I don't think there's a guarantee he's a one-and-done anyway at this point. So Yeah, I to be clear, I'm totally with you on the defense. It's, it's not good. Um, he has some of the worst, um, not awareness like necessarily rotationally, but awareness of his own man. Um, just like really will, will like lose a guy like clearing out to the opposite side of the court and not realize it for three it's, seconds. It, it's a problem. Like, he seems to have just like the worst peripheral vision ever. Uh, I, I don't really understand it. it it's terrible. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it is a really big yeah, problem. Because I don't think he's like not trying because like he, he, he definitely tries on defense. Um, or at least like he puts up the facade that he is just by his movement. I think he largely tries. I think it's just a combination of like weirdly bad peripheral vision uh bad awareness you know i mean um becoming accommodated to you know a new a new setting with with a really weird off season of course uh the big and weirdly slow feet um yeah i just don't think he's a very good defensive prospect but um i do i do i think that he he might end up getting underrated just on, on on account of the fact that he was never super hyped and that it's, it at least seems that the, you know, mainstream evaluations are, are inconsistent with these off-ball scorers that, yeah. you know, Maxi was a, was a, the 21st pick or whatever. And clearly you know, a stud. Like, well, I mean, it's uh, really early in his career, uh, but we, we I'll stayed very, <laughs> we stayed very in on Maxi um, because his off-ball scoring package yeah. looked really good at Kentucky. I, I just, you know, people got down on him because, you know, for him, the, the, the size and the lack of on-ball scoring w- was a major hang-up for other guys. It's it's not for whatever reason. Uh, so I think that, that like mainstream evaluations can be inconsistent with with this style of player. Um, so I'm I'm curious to see what happens with Stewart. I think he is a guy who could end up being undervalued, especially you know if, if I mean Booknight has has vaulted into you know consideration in the lottery seemingly top ten. Uh, I think really. Yeah, but like you know, if Booknight is costing you a lottery pick. And Stewart is costing you the 29th pick. Um, I think that there's definitely something for, to be said for Stewart yeah. there because I mean, he really... I think, yeah, I mean, I think Book Knight's definitely better, um, but like, I don't think it's. I agree with your general point. Like, like I do think the 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 value play is definitely going to be there. I could definitely be there. Yeah, my thing with Stewart is the shooting is pretty interesting. Like to be willing to spot up from that deep uh, and really launch with no hesitation. Uh, and you know, possibly being a really, really high-level shooter, I think that's worth a lot. Um, and just the fact that he's always kind of been a touch god, uh, like a, a just a crazy runner guy, I think that there's there's something there. Uh, yeah. that you you know, you see you see with like Tyler Hero, crazy crazy touch, you know, could hit could could really operate in the, in that mid range with with um with tough runners. Uh, with shot versatility and with a certain confidence to him, I think that there's there's a lot of stuff there that that seems to go undervalued, especially for a guy that young. Uh, so with Stewart, I'm yeah, I, I like I have a, a lot of questions with him, and he at the end of the day is 
is sort of an undersized off guard. But I, I do, I do think that these these undersized off guards who can really score off the ball, just increasing like like they do seem to be to be underrated if they're if they're a little more constrained in college. I do also think one last point. It's worth noting that I don't think Duke is the best context for Stewart to thrive because they don't really have anyone who can consistently like generate pressure on the rim or really create advantages in the half court for him to uh, rely on. I mean, like they just don't have that guy that Stewart, you know, theoretically needs to to thrive off of at the next level. Um, whereas, you know, and like their offense, you know, isn't exactly uh, creative or or innovative. Um, so it's just not the best offensive context for Stewart to showcase his potential skills that would land him to thrive in an off-ball scoring role. So I think that's always something worth considering and something I'm absolutely, you know, pricing in with with Stewart, at least a little bit. The, the next guy that we have to talk about is Zaire Williams, who I don't think we'll go in as depth on because I don't, I haven't, I don't think seen a full game since the last time we, we talked about him and we talked about him in depth a lot anyway. Um, and he, he, you know, he's a little different from these guys in that, you know, he's not a, a he's not guard sized, you know, he's, he's a big wing. Uh, but Zaire since, since that first Alabama game really has just struggled immensely. Um, but you know, whereas someone like BJ Boston, who I think again we're gonna we're gonna talk about briefly later, um, whereas someone like BJ Boston ha- has really concerned me. I, I'm not that concerned about Zaire. Like we knew he couldn't he couldn't get down and and bursty and get to the rim. Uh, you know, we knew that he was very weak. Um, you know, obviously, if he's not a high level shot maker, none of it matters anyway. But you know, the the lateral movement is, is there. Defensive awareness is there. Um, I think that the handle has been more concerning than I expected, but, uh, you know, Zaire, I think it's, I think it's important maybe not to overreact too much to things like never getting to the rim. Uh, and I think you might have some disturbing stats on this, uh, on his ability to get to the rim, but, uh, I think it's important not to get necessarily too down on someone like Zaire who, you know, the appeal is that he is this, this really interesting off the ball scorer because he has like crazy shot versatility and might be a special shooter and shot maker at that size uh, while also being a, a great mover and, and defensive playmaker. Um, so he's a guy that I tentatively like remain very, very in on uh, despite struggles in college. Yeah. I'm like a little more concerned about Zayer. I'll bring up the distressing stat. Um, this is, this, this doesn't count his, his last game. Um, this is only through the Arizona game um, by my tracking in his first 172 minutes of college basketball action, he has generated zero rim, rim makes in the half court. Zero. <laughs> it's it's really bad. And I think that Arizona game, or no, so that, that Arizona game was, in, was a pretty good encapsulation of his like very high highs, um, pretty like nice complimentary skills, but also his like just totally damning weaknesses. My hang up with, with Zaire really, like I like, Yes, I know there's the injury component with him that, that we just don't know about, like that some of, but like even with the injury, like his movement looks good. Like he's, he's able to slide lateral. He always has been just like, I, I worry, like, is he like too far behind physically? Cause like, it's so bad. Like it's really, really stark. Um, like to the point where like he has this suit. Like he has this super pretty high release that he can get into whenever, but like even if he's like bumped at all, he struggles to get it off. 
like obviously like it's obvious in scenarios where you know he he can't beat any he can't get to the rim at all and the handle and the burst compound that but i think just like he's like Ty, he's, he's really like tyrell terry in where like if he's touched like he like he's thrown off of his driving path and he, he completely has to reset or, or pick up the ball um and then defensively like like he cannot like when it's either like him Zaire against ball screens is an <laughs> it's so funny it, it's because he either like blows through them with really impressive lateral quickness and like totally evap like vaporizes the screen or and he balls off Cape yeah, Caleb Love exactly exactly silly. exactly or he gets like walloped by Jamal Baker and goes careening into the sideline um and Jamal Baker is not exactly a large human com- I mean compared to Zaire Williams um that's just one example like he, he gets destroyed by guard screens like all so my, my my question on this would be like how concerned about this were you with Isaiah Joe um similarly but I didn't view Isaiah Joe as a top three prospect um yeah. and that's like fair. yeah I mean I think I mean like like being concerned on Zaire like I'm not going to move him out of my top 10 probably ever just because like he does seem to be like a legitimate shot maker and the, the other point I wanted to make it that was especially evident in that um I think the the Stanford game I haven't seen any of like the 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 low level comp games besides clips for Stanford but like that was the best passing I've seen from him where he I mean teams like really blitz him in the pick and roll like teams are afraid of his shot making and he's really adept at hitting like his specialty passes you know over the top of the roll with his height but he makes really good decisions like he'll lift to the wing when he needs to um he'll like like he'll process the floor well which is really interesting to me because I think like and you brought this up as well like in not pick and roll situations when he's like attacking off the catcher trying to create his his port processing and, and court vision and processing speed is all really underwhelming I think but when he's specifically running pick and rolls and like I said in that Arizona in that Arizona game um he was really really good as a passer like like handling pressure it was really really good and I think that skill combined with his shot making at six foot eight provides such a floor to where um like you can't get too low on him but yeah and I I think considering him still in that mid lottery range also just speaks to this class that you know we're really confident in the guy at number one really confident in the guy at number two uh I, I I'm really confident in the guy at number three um and then you know there are a couple guys in that four to five range I think namely the the Tennessee guys uh, that are who are very interesting, and then it's kind of a mess. Uh, yeah. You know, it's... BJ has just flopped so so badly. Um, Zaire has struggled immensely. Jalen Johnson has struggled, um, and then you're you're kind of left with like Moses Moody, Moody. yeah, who's been awesome, but just but... you know wasn't the same level as these other prospects coming out, and I think still has limitations. Um, sure. That he's, Mo- yeah. That I mean, that Moody is. Yeah, he's just you're aspiring to something else. I think with Moses Moody, and he's still yeah. a really awesome player. Uh, and I think, I mean, something something that I think you end a spot you ended up with with uh, Devin Vassell is that like when you're that good and well rounded of a wing, like it's kind of just it's really easy. Like it, it just yeah. makes too much sense and is too valuable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Vassell has looked good. I, I mean, so early, or obviously or early returns, but he's he's looked good, and like just because he fits in as that you know off-ball playmaker with shot making. But yeah, I mean, being that well-rounded wing, and I think like viewing Zaire through that lens um, definitely changes things for me because like you know 
I wish Zaire had the ability to like sprint off movement into threes like Spencer Jones. Or, like that would make him so much more appealing to me as as an off-ball scorer. Because he really just doesn't have that in his game. That's never a thing that he's shown an ability to do or uh, yeah, I, I think Zaire is like not as cultivated as an off-ball guy as the no, rest. No, because he's always. Played, I mean, he's played on ball pretty much, you know, for, yeah. for forever. I mean, he played with BJ Boston and Sharif Coop, not, not Sharif Coop. That was that was not Sharif Coop. Yeah, that was BJ. Sharif, by the way, who is who has got a waiver to practice? He is practicing. <laughs> yes, just, but, I need I need it I need it so badly. Oh my god. Point being, Zaire's played on ball. He's he, he's never been you know d- developed and groomed to, to play off of the ball. I think that would certainly benefit him. Um, just you know, being six eight with the movement shooting would be a serious surplus add to his value. Yeah, I mean, as like a, I had Zaire. I think top five preseason, like you did, and like many others did. I've backed off on that just because I'm really concerned about the frame and the physicality on both ends more than I was before. But again, like I said, I'm still going to have him in that like mid, like mid late lotto glut of, of guys because he is so good with his shot making. And I think that's obviously real in the passing. And like I said, I'll, I'll say it again. There's only, there's only so low you can get on Zaire, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's at the end of the day, it's just right now where I'm at is, is that, you know, six, eight, six, nine with that shooting. And while being an intelligent player with movement skills, it's just too obvious. Like yeah. it's just too obviously a, a worthwhile bet, but you know, that, that could change a lot. We have a lot of the college season left. I, I want yeah. to see him get better as an off ball player as the year progresses. And he, yeah. he's for sure in a position to do that in that offense. Um, so yeah, I, it's, it's, it's just something to monitor, but, but whereas with, with, with BJ Boston, I'm freaking out right now. Uh, or not even freaking out. I've just, you know, I'm just kind of a lot Bad. lower on him. Uh, Zaire, I'm still very open to him, you know, being one of those next guys. So I assume happen. at this point you're firmly Zaire over BJ. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't watched enough Kentucky to like, like a recent Kentucky to firmly uh, comment, but like, I, I, that, that seems like a reasonable take. Like, the wait is finally over. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Support for the Prep to Pro NBA Draft podcast is also presented by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below the waist grooming, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels and helping 2 million men all over the world get rid of hair on their balls. Manscaped is here to give you a fresh start in 2021 with their perfect package 3.0 that has all the right tools for the job. Come out of quarantine with clean balls thanks to the Lawnmower 3.0. This waterproof and skin safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your two best friends. The third generation trimmer even has a light to give you the glow up you need in 2021. It's also time to freshen up down there this new year. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And for on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. 
Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds and make Santa proud. Yeah, I mean, should we talk about BJ now? Might as well. Like, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, it seems like a natural transition just because we had him. I know we have, yeah, m- might as well. Yeah, I mean, it's been a total unmitigated disaster, uh, which like pains me so much because I, I, I obviously was was like the the biggest BJ Boston fan coming into the year, and yeah, and it's not yeah. you know it's not that he's a non- and it wasn't just you, <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, no, because yeah. I I bullied everyone else. <laughs> um, it's not that he's a non-prospect right now, and and we did talk about this, I think, with Jackson um, a few weeks ago. That you just kind of have to reconsider what he is, and I think it's very much in this off-ball scorer mold. And unlike Zaire, he is a guy who I think has cultivated some of that off-ball ability, particularly playing with Sharif. That I think BJ is a really, really good and smart cutter. Um, the, the problem is that I don't really trust him to have like jumper versatility like that. Um, you know, the, the finishing off those cuts could potentially be interesting if he's ever strong enough to play yeah. through contact. But of course he does have his really, really diverse, um, you know, extension finishes and weird angles and yeah, just and all the sorts balance of, and the body control and stuff. Like, yeah, just all sorts of crazy finishing crap that made him such an in- interesting prospect. Um, yeah, the, like the shot just needs to be way better. Like he just he just needs to to work out the shot. Um, I saw PD was diving a little bit into the, into the mechanics of that. That that he thinks thinks that there are some lower body issues there. Um, definitely the the like really elongated dip has has hurt him in getting it off. Um, yeah, and the, and the the problem is that when he's in this now off more off ball role that I think the defense gets scrutinized more and, and it's much, much worse than I expected. Uh, just on both ends, he just looks so, so slow. Um, and uh, in a way that that's like really surprising uh, and that just, he can't string together positive things on defense that like, you know, the, the good tag is, is always going to be accompanied with the awful recovery with him and completely losing his man. Like he, he just can't string together positive things. Um I think that like in terms of in terms of on the ball stuff, uh, you know, there's always gonna be with him the ISO jumpers that he can self-create some space for. Because like he, he does have the deceptive handle, he does have the step backs, um, like he can he can always get to those shots. They're just not like great shots, but end you know, end of shot clock, uh last resort, it's something that's nice to have, and that he does have the, the, the refined off ball game that, that he developed playing alongside Sharif. Um, you know, I, there, there's definitely something there. And he, I think he's, he's still first round prospect to me uh, at this stage. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been quite the fall from grace uh, though. There, there are some things I think to salvage with him there as, as a guy in this off ball scorer mold. Yeah. As I said, I'm a little behind on Kentucky tape, so I'm not going to comment expressly on bj's play recently but i do want to make a point about his strength improvement and then his strength to like relative to to zaire um for them as prospects as just in, in terms thinking about strength improvement in re, in uh, relation to uh to a prospect's other skills and intangible aspects because 
as you've seen, BJ Boston, a player who at lower levels was able to rely on his on his physical wiring and you know just general physicality and handle to create advantages and get to the rim and and, and finish without um, excellent you know strength to push guys back or vertical explosion. Um, and that obviously doesn't work anymore um, against better competition where he can't, you know, he's physical, but, you know, when he's dr- dropping his shoulder, running into defenders, they don't move like they used to. But if he is able to add strength, that is a thing that can come back, I think. Um, may- obviously, you know, not to like the primary level extent that it did in, in UIPL and in high school, but certainly, you know, if he's able to add a significant amount of muscle, which is no easy feat, but a feat that's certainly possible. BJ could be someone who once again is able to use his wicked handle to create advantages and drop his shoulder and and you know have the touch and the and the what was it, the body control and the the hanging extension finishes come back to some extent and that that that's massive for him. Obviously, I think that the lack of lack of burst and vertical explosion and if the shot just isn't good enough um, takes him out of you know the the primary creation equity that we believed he had. But that really really helps his his off ball scoring game. So. A, a, but then for, for someone like Zaire, one who I think is like well behind physically, uh, which, which is saying something given how... And well behind in physicality. It, it, yeah. It, like, I mean, it's always been right. way behind in physicality. Uh, that was my next point. But yeah, I was, what I'll say, first, you know, well behind BJ physically, which is concerning if you've seen BJ Boston. Um, he's, he, he's not exactly the most burly, burly human. Um, again, one, way behind physically, like I said, way behind in physicality way behind in handle and I think behind in burst as well, though I, I don't think that's super significant. They're both pretty limited there um, at this point. So while strength improvement is something that Zaire desperately needs, one, he he needs to add more strength. And two, he, you know, his strength improvement just isn't as salient, at least off, uh, defensively it's enormous, but offensively it's not as salient as BJ. Because even if he has the strength to, you know, maybe hold up some contact, he's still not going to have the handle to, to get by anybody without significant improvement there. Um, but being wired as like a physical contact loving driver is probably not something that you can really change that drastically. And even if Zaire can, it's going to take a long time, I think. So even even like considering strength improvement independently for both these prospects like bj needs less and it helps more so i think that's definitely like um a silver lining with bj boston though, though again i mean he's been very disappointing no doubt and um zaire i think are, there's there are clear avenues for his success as a high level prospect but just something to consider regarding those two um and their strength yeah i mean my my counterpoint to that would be that while strength improvement would would matter more for for BJ for sure. I think you know it's it's less essential for Zaire. I just don't think it's necessary. It, like yes, the, it is a problem that if he's chasing off an off ball screen and feel, feels the slightest yeah, contact, he will fly out of bounds. That is a huge problem. But for Zaire to be a successful offensive player, a very successful offensive player, I don't think that he needs to get all that much stronger. Um, I, like to an extent, he definitely does. But I, I just think it's less relevant to his game. Uh, and his style of play, uh, so yeah, BJ stands to gain more from strength gain, but but I don't think that that Zaire needs it as much necessarily. Um, but yeah, for like to to close this out on on BJ Boston, I, yeah. I think it's. Yeah. I'll say I agree I, with that point. That's definitely yeah, it's true. Yeah, like while I am out on the idea of BJ as a major on ball guy because I think he's just too too limited burst wise, uh, and I think no matter what, the strength is always going to be too much of a problem. Uh, 
I think it's definitely conceivable that, you know, three or four years into his NBA career that he has emerged as, as a really nice off ball scorer once he has, has some strength gain and, you know, he, he's going to need that buy-in from a team and he's going to, he's going to like, you know, I have no idea if the strength, strength gain will come, but if it does that once he's in positions where he can attack, uh, you know, while already moving downhill or, or attack in advantage situations, um, you know, being this guy who who's you know, aggressive going downhill and initiating contact, and then has that incredible finishing craft that we love, uh, I think that it's it's definitely conceivable that he could emerge as a as a pretty high level off ball scorer. Uh, though I do think it will take a lot of time, probably more time than than most of these guys, and that's definitely concerning. If you know, if he's the twenty third pick, uh, he's probably getting less less uh, investment from a franchise than than had he been the, the third or fourth we thought he was going to be. Um, so next, uh, let's do a little bit on, on Moses Moody. He is just such a well-rounded awful scorer. So good. <laughs> like, such a good cutter, such a versatile and good shooter. Um, he's huge. He has the, a little bit of that, like, I think it's probably more like tough one-two dribble pull-ups where he's going to rise over people. Um, but he's just such a well-rounded uh, offensive and defensive player, honestly, on and off the ball. Um, you know, we've we've I think beaten it to death already uh, on previous episodes that he that he's just an incredibly well-rounded prospect um, with uh, with a really interesting developmental track record. Uh, I'm I'm getting very very confident in Moses Moody. He's going to be extraordinarily high for me. He always has been. Yeah. Um, really, just enjoy him so much. Uh, just a really, really good basketball player. Yeah, I don't think we need to say too much about Moody because we said a lot already. Like again, just a spectacular basketball player. Okay, yeah, someone who I'm, you know, after like we talked about those top five ish range. I mean, he's right there for me. Like, sure, yeah, no, right he is for me too. Um, yeah, I mean, he's like I'm, like I haven't like ranked or anything officially again, but like I, I, I mean, he feels comfortable like around six or seven. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I have him up to seven right now. I think. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I'll need to get back into like you know, updating a ranking, but he, he feels comfortable around that range. Like he, he is like, you, you made the Vassell point. Like it's so easy to, to see him sliding into a role, both on and off the ball. Like we talked about before with Jake, I think like he fits the scalability point to a T awesome shooting, cutting, intelligent spacing, closeout attacking with his, you know, ridiculous footwork as we've talked about and strength and finishing craft um I, I again not like too much to get into because we talked about him again but worth mentioning on the off-ball scorer segment because he is just so good there um b- besides being just you know a great shooter and a pretty good passer as well for that role and and unlike you know dj stewart or or even book Knight, moses moody is six six with a seven plus foot wingspan and is ridiculously strong functionally too yeah and and is just an, a highly intelligent and active team defender um he's a guy who yeah, you feel great about him as you know being out there as an off-ball guy because you know he's going to add so much value on both ends. Um, yeah, he's just a really obvious and excellent yeah. prospect. Yeah, I mean, we uh, talk about valuing prospects that help you know move the needle towards winning a title and like who impact games in the playoffs, especially. And that's Moses Moody with T. I mean, he fits so well next to ball dominant creation stars. Um, he's not someone he's going to hold up on defense at the highest level. 
Um, you know, he can create, you know, with some tertiary creation, maybe against weaker defenses and tilted defenses. It's, it's all, it's all there. Like, and like being this good at this young of an age, you know, for so long in multiple contexts, like it's, he, he's so safe. Like he's so incredibly safe. Yeah. It's I mean, just, once you get past like legit star prospects, I don't know that you could have more of a ceiling raising prospect than Moses Moody, just because, you know, he is a like well-sized wing player with some on-ball skills and just like a highly cultivated, well-rounded off-ball game yeah. on both ends. Like it, there's, I think there's, there's like basically not- everything you want an off-ball player to be good at on both ends. Yeah, like, yeah. Like there's not much missing, you know, bar like better handle or whatever. But like you just don't need that. Like yeah, I mean, like even I think we we did talk about this when we went more in depth on on Moody, but like. He's not a bursty guy, but he's aggressive getting downhill. Like he he even has yeah, a he always has been. like um yeah he he's just a really excellent prospect um excellent prospects yeah yeah someone that's just a, a ton of fun to watch uh in all facets of the game yeah um all right I think that's enough for the Moses Moody yeah podcast. we talk about Josh Christopher yeah quickly because I just I still haven't seen that much of him um I think you're you're still the resident Josh Christopher skeptic I kind of get it uh i mean skeptic is relative like i like he's still like top 25 for me okay yeah i don't know how i I mean i i've seen some you know smart some of our friends with him like near the lottery i still don't buy that but like i understand why you would yeah one of my like my problem with him right now is that i do think he's a much better off-ball scorer in theory than in practice uh kind of kind of uh you know just not decisive working off the catch at all um you know that he that he does want to put the ball on the on the floor that he um you know it, that he's not the level of catch shooter that he needs to be um but yeah he, he i mean he, he he has a lot of the like instead of taking the open corner three i am going to dribble and then you know get into my dribble move and take a contested long two um but he he is still like i mean he's just such a powerful athlete that he has that size just crazy explosion um i think the finishing has been pretty ridiculous yeah he's shooting 76 uh, percent at the rim uh 50 52 and a half percent on long twos 87 percent at the line on um 34 free throw rate 60 percent on twos um seven threes per hundred like the shot making profile has been ridiculous and like if it's actually that good for, like over the whole season that i'm going to be way more in on josh christopher sure like, like, yeah and i'm not counting sure. on that on that sustaining yeah because i don't think he's that that's level of shooter. R- ridiculous like it's been so good but as a guy who as a guy who can slash in, in an off ball role um i think he's pretty interesting yeah uh, i certainly I, like understand the appeal with josh like he is a uniquely like powerful athlete in the way he covers ground like he he eats he devours space like with quick boot moves short bursts i think like a a play he'll do a lot because i don't really like his handle like he can create space for jumpers like he's is east west you know snatch backs and step backs and behind the back moves you know, like those single singular moves to create for jumpers, they're they're pretty solid. Um, but I don't think it's deceptive. He's not really dynamic. He just doesn't have the you know the the necessary change of direction. I think to really be exceptional as a handler. But you'll see so many plays. I remember one pretty distinctly in the UTEP game where like he'll like string together like a bunch of ineffectual crossovers that just don't really do anything to the, to the defender and then he'll just like hop step right past them and and dunk the ball. Like it's so it's it's comical. 
how he's able to make up for that lack of handling um, with that explosiveness and just pure, pure dynamite, powerful athleticism to, to get to his spots and get to where he wants. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm just like, I think the ceiling with him is, is definitely real. I one well, yeah, I'm hung up on the shot and I'm hung up on like, I just think the decision-making is so bad. Like I question, I think like, obviously I think there's a, like a reasonable case to be made that when you scale him down into an off ball role, a lot of that, you know, goes away cause it has to, but I do think even, you know, with that, there's the, like to be a high level off ball scorer, like there, there's a level of decision-making necessary like th- there's a threshold you just have to reach and i'm just not convinced christopher reaches it is that really true though because if, if you're it, i think that you do need to be a certain level of shooter off the catch but yeah. like you know jalen brown last year was among the best off ball scorers in the entire league while being a miserable defense uh miserable decision maker um uh like if you can shoot off the catch and are really really powerful getting downhill and skilled as a finisher like I do think that there is a level of scoring yeah, that you can reach without being a good decision maker. Yeah. Um, especially like the I mean the early ant stuff, it's just like he can get downhill, man. He's so powerful and so yeah, strong and big for a, that's for a good guard. Point. That's a good like, point. I, I think there's something to be said for once that floor opens up, uh, especially for uh, for a guy like if you're talking about maybe has ball control issues. Um, if you really have that size and strength and just like brutish explosion and Christopher also can, can maneuver on the interior a bit. Like, like he has a, like the hop step is like the best in Zion. It's really good. Yeah, um, it's ridiculous. It's, it's silly. Like, like I, I do think that there's something to be said for that. Just like looking a lot better in the NBA. Um, though, obviously, I mean, I don't want to draw too much from, from very early and limited Anthony Edwards sample. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I just think that like to, to a certain extent, that sort of size and power uh, and just raw explosion. And the, and the fact that he has translated that into, into tremendous production so far. Yeah. Um, and like, I certainly get that appeal. And like I said, like I'm not going to get too low on Christopher because he's very unique um, and clearly is a talented scorer and, and finisher. I just, again, the shot is the big thing um, for me. Like, is it actually good? Um, and then, yeah, that's a huge, I mean, and, yeah. and the whole thing falls apart if the shot's not, yeah, good. exactly. Cause you know, you, you have to be drawing closeouts or else like that's, that's when, you know, as, as, assuming your theory on decision-making is true, that's when like, if you're not drawing closeouts, like you have to be able to do more as a decision-maker. Um, and that's kind of my worry is like, if the shooting like is not good enough, then he has to do more as a decision maker and as a handler. And I think he like he has some vision, especially on like interior passes. He's made some nice passes. Yeah, he's made some nice passes, but. Again, it's just like the, the the vision isn't perfect, of course, and he misses his fair share as well. But like the decision making, like I'm I, maybe maybe I'm too hung up on it. And I mean, I'm fairly caught up on Christopher more than you, but like I haven't seen all of his. Oh, games. yeah, much, much more yeah. than me. I yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I mean, I've seen a good. I've seen like quite a bit enough Christopher this year to be confident in my evaluation. But yeah. like, still, like I could see more. But um, yeah, I mean, he he's a really interesting prospect and one that like. His like shot making splits are definitely one of the things I'm most interested to track for, for any prospect going forward for the rest of the year, uh, and, and hoping like we end up you know actually getting a significant sample because like again if he is this like ridiculous inside the arc shot maker, um, I'm gonna be a lot more open to him just because difficult shot making is another way to add value. Um, but yeah, again, just like and you're you're the long two pull up guy. I know on assisted twos. I am, and like he he ha- he ca- he kind of has that down like. He's really good at those. 
I mean, Christopher kind of always has, um, but like not not at this level of efficiency. Certainly not. Um, but again, I think I'm skeptical as the off-ball shooting matters a lot, and that's what I'm really skeptical about. But again, we'll see. Uh, he's really chaotic and and you know and experienced to watch. Certainly, I mean, yeah, he's 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 interesting in that like I don't even know what you know people are like what people are thinking of him right now. Looks like uh, ESPN has him 16th uh, behind Marcus Bagley. Um, I get, I could see it going either way, where like draft Twitter is very out on him or. That they're like way more kind of in on this point. Yeah, it seems like, it seems like at this point people are. Like, kind I think of, our friend Jake is Jake Rosen is pretty in on Jake up on Josh Christopher. Um, our friend Sam Zulo I think is pretty in on Josh Christopher. Like, I think people are pretty in on on Christopher. Like, uh, yeah. Francis yeah. and Thrifty. Um, I don't know. I, I know. I mean, it makes sense. I, I I think to an extent with with that level of power and size from from like a guard wing. I, there's 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 something there. Uh, I think that that's definitely the case. Um, and w- like while there are definitely issues uh, as as an off the catch player, um, you know th- this draft is weak in that in that mid to late lottery range, like mid mid lottery to teens range. I would say. So I, I do I do understand the being in on Josh Christopher, but I, yeah. I'm not not political in my opinion. Right yeah, now. Uh, just open right. to it. Should we move on to our last off-ball score that we're going to discuss in the segment? Someone with you know with broad similarities to Christopher, but you know a different and better prospect. And that's Jalen Green. Yeah, yeah. Let's just talk about him briefly. Um, I think that the Green off the ball has a lot of this similar appeal to Anthony Edwards. Of course, doesn't have the strength that Anthony Edwards has, but like really, really sharp cuts, uh, wildly explosive vertically. Like he, you know, he's a guy that that like there will be like back cut plays drawn up for him to get lobs because he can fly and he wants to dunk on people. Uh, but just a guy who, who yeah, is, is so explosive of a mover off the ball. And I think has some really good shot versatility. Uh, I think re- really, really fits this mold. Even if on the ball, he's maybe limited by, by his handle to some degree, by, by definitely his decision-making. Um, I think that the green offers a, a compelling, uh, off-ball scorer mold. Yeah, I mean, I think that's certainly the role for him. You know, he's, I think he's still built by many as, like, this legit creator prospect. I mean, that that's who he's kind of always been. Um, he's always been built as this legit creator prospect. But I think, I mean, it's clear he's not that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think um, the success, I, I, I mean, like you said, the, the, the success of Anthony Edwards and, you know, in er, early returns on Anthony Edwards getting to the rim, um, I think even going back to someone like Kevin Porter Jr., who was n- was notable, you know, for great burst, great handle, didn't get to the rim in college and is getting to the rim in the NBA. I think those salient for, you know, Jalen Green in an off-ball scoring role, being able to weaponize his burst um, and explosiveness to get to the rim because, I, I mean, Green has other issues. I mean, I don't yeah, I think it's to, very relevant that those yeah. two guys are like I don't, tanks. As well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, KPJ, like, different universe. His handle, handle. Yeah, exactly. Green Green lacks the handle of KPJ, the strength of Edwards. I mean, like he's also like notably like inflexible as a driver. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I but I do think, I mean, he's ridiculously explosive. And there is, I think, avenues for him to get the rim more than he has pre-college and uh, TBD on how much the public is going to see of the Ignite stuff. 
or how much we'll see of the Ignite stuff, but, you know, getting to the rim at all there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there, there are avenues for him to succeed as an off-ball scorer, especially if his shooting and shot-making improvements, um, his senior year at Prolific are, are real, which I think they probably are. Um, I'm also just, like, very concerned about his defense, like, more than Ant, sure. for sure. Really? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, just because, like, at least with Ant, you you had, like, the, the frame to fall back on, as, like, he, you know, he has on-ball stopping um, at his ceiling, even if it's never going to be great. Like, Green doesn't have that, and I think he's similarly inept um, in terms of awareness and decision-making. Um, I'm Yeah, I'm really concerned about Green defensively. I kind of always have been. Um, yeah, but... which is, I mean, he's very, he's really on the Ant spectrum, and I've always been of the mind that Ant is a superior prospect. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't even know where I ended up on, on Ant in terms of, like, if I was an Ant guy or not. I think I found him highly frustrating but saw how he was a good prospect. Um, yeah, I mean, it, like, to your point of the, of the frame thing, like, some of the early Ant returns on defense, um, there have been the on-ball moments where it's like, wow, this guy is, is 6'5 with a, with a plus wingspan and really, really strong and can move laterally. There have also been Anthony Edwards moments where, you know, he has some of the most absurd awareness lapses that you'll ever see. Um, but yeah, Green, Green doesn't have that frame to fall back on. Uh, I mean, I frankly just will have to see more to know if he's to decide if he's that level of of sort of apathetic and lacking in awareness that that ant was because I think ant was like really really kind of outlier in the, in that respect. Um, but yeah, I think he's he's on the the ant spectrum as a prospect. I think that they're kind of comparable players and kind of stylistically similar in some ways. You know, obviously the 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 avenues to to winning are different, but um, so the the role I envision I think is is pretty similar, and I think that like we've talked about so many of these guys disappointing in that mid lottery range that kind of by default green might end up on the higher end of that. Like, I, I think I'm still more interested in the, in the Tennessee guys. Uh, and then it's kind of like, you know, do I want to, you know, what, what do I think is, is a more interesting proposition between the, the, you know, definitely more of a complimentary off ball guy in Moody or the green who's going to be, who has a lot of value off the ball, but, you know, is going to have some on-ball creation as well. Uh, I think that's, that's you know, the thing that's going to have to be negotiated. But kind of by default, um, I think Green is kind of in this range. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's going to be up there for me just, again, by, by default, given the way this class seems to have shaken out. But there is an interesting off-ball scorer. Again, just, just a role he's never played. Like, again, like, I mean, I mean just like Ants uh, as well, like, was i mean he i mean he actually did play on on a pretty good uibl team um i'm blanking on who he played for why not with uh i mean devin Eskew is you know interesting as a college player but he was good in uibl um and then same with addison patterson so he's i mean he, he's played next to good players but it's never just been like a, a really capable off-ball player and then a prolific again played with namar burnett and coleman hawkins but still was you know the the on-ball superstar there but yeah just waiting to see if he can cultivate more of an off-ball game to take advantage of those theoretical you know tools to have him succeed there uh i think we're gonna outro part one here as always follow the pod on twitter at prep number two pro pod follow me at ben underscore pfeiffer underscore follow max at max a carlin and with that we'll see you all in the next episode